Good morning, gentlemen. I'm I'm going to try to squeeze the Friday morning daffin and then run straight to the airport. I'm going to actually have my wife go earlier, and then I'm going to catch a uh, Uber and try to, you know, run through security. We'll see what happens. So, wow. Yeah, it's a shame. Okay. So this Let's is the frontier flight on Friday. Yeah. Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I should see if I have a ticket. Oh, it, oh this is, I'm, it's to Trenton, as we're going to uh, to Lakewood. So that's that. New Jersey. I've been to that airport. Uh, Have they finished all the construction there? I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. How close is that to, like, uh, Highland Park? I don't know. Not sure. It's New Jersey, so again, if New Jersey's New Jersey, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Big places. Oh, my goodness. I didn't look at... I didn't think about Trenton. Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. So, we are discussing um, the gifts that you have to give your servant when they leave. What's really interesting is... uh, I was doing this yesterday, and I was thinking, this doesn't apply that much today or whatever. How do we get it? You know, when's the last time we had a servant? We have multi- And then I realized I had an employee where this applied to. Like, um, basically, uh, if the employee, if, if he retires and you send him away, so of course you would send him away with a gift because he, he worked hard for you. He did this and that. But when, what happens when he leaves on his own? So I had, I had, I didn't feel, I, I wasn't expecting that employee to leave. So I thought, well, why should I have to, you know, give him severance? And he decided something else was better for him. But had he just told me that he was retiring and he couldn't work anymore, I would have wanted to give him all this money. So is there a difference whether you send him away or he goes on his own is really the question. And that's exactly the question of the Gemara, which all of a sudden it was like, this is relevant, you know, and like the, uh, so not that it wasn't relevant, Mir Tzachem Mashiach will come and, and Torah speaks to us on many levels, but it just, it was interesting to me that I found um, uh, something that, uh, uh, it, it's not totally the same, you know, whatever obligations you have to your employees is not the same as a gift to an employee, but the idea is this person worked for you, and uh, uh, it's true that he was paid, but he had different bills to pay. And the question is, do you let that person leave empty-handed? Or, or at least, um, uh, what, the question really, why are you, obli- you're not, maybe not obligated to, but it's just the proper thing to do. It's just interesting. It, it kind of deals with like a tip or something. Like, what's the, what's the concept of a gift? Um, person had bad luck, they had to sell themselves as a slave, and you have to gift them. So, uh, let's go back. We're going to start about eight, nine, nine lines up on Tessai Namad Bay, 16b, Gufa. The, uh, we learned, the following servants are entitled to, we'll call it severance, out of a lack of a better word. It's a, it's a sending them away with, um, uh, besides the labor that they're required to work, and you paid for that but you should send them away with something. The following, Hayotzi Bishadim, those that, that did a full term, Uba Yovo, those that, that signed up for life and then they leave in the Jubilee year, Uba Mises upon the death of the master, or if it's the female servant who leaves Bissimanu with puberty. They, all of those regular servants who've done their duty and ready to, to move on, you send them away with something. Avo Boreach, but the good-for-nothing uh, escapee, the guy that ran away. In the South, we don't, they don't like slaves. They're runaway slaves, right? They, don't, they didn't get treated so well once they ran away. He ran away from you. You should give him a gift. Or he left early. Uh, he left, but he paid his way. He didn't serve full term. So the first opinion says, you don't, there's no mitzvah to, uh, to give, gift them. Rameir says, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quick question. Is there any discussion about what gifts we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, it's coming up today. Coming up today. Reb Meir says, If he's a runaway, of course, he's a runaway. You're not gifting. Now, when you think about it, let's say he worked for you for five years, and he did a great job, and, but then he ran away. So, but he didn't get anything for those five years. I, I, is there a reason that is, uh, you punish him? I mean, it's separate. He'll have to pay back for his runaway, but why shouldn't you gift him? But we're saying no. Everybody agrees the Boreach, the runaway, he gets no gift. But the one that left early with time served and paying off, he does uh, get a gift. Or Shimon says no. Um, so basically we're having an argument about the one that leaves early, whether he's uh, legally, if he's entitled to a gift. Now, two opinions. Rav Shimon, Omer, Barbara, Minikalem, four, do get Shloshim, Ishta, three different, uh, three, three different cases with a ma- male servant and three by a female. And none of them have all four because none of them go out in all four ways. Why is that? Men don't go out with puberty. But in fact, men are sold as, as adults. Women are not sold when they're uh, past puberty. For And women don't have the, uh, they, they don't get the uh, pierced ear. Manahani, we got those from, four lines from the bottom. The Tanarabban and our rabbis learned, I would have only known that a regular full term worker that leaves at six, there's a mitzvah to send him away with severance. How do you know that all these other ones get? You send them away. So if when you send them away, I would include the runaway. And the one that leaves early, This is the the one that you send away, when you tell him he's got to retire, when you send him away, he did everything you asked of him, and now you send him away, you got to give him a gift. That would exclude the guy who you didn't send him away, he ran off. And the, also the one that left early by paying uh, with time served, that's one opinion. He says, you didn't send them away, therefore the Torah is telling you, you don't have to pay severance. Rev Meir says, no, I agree with you, the runaway, you know, no severance for him. He got, didn't get sent away. You could call the, I mean, he came to you, and he said, you know, that I want to work this out. I worked half the time, and I want to pay the other half. And so you do send him away. Basically, he leaves on good terms. If he leaves on good terms, you send him. Now, even though those aren't the terms you want, that's really the question. You would have wanted him to finish. He doesn't want to finish, but he's willing to pay you out of pocket for not finishing. So is he entitled or not? So um, He's going to redeem himself, really. Correct. Okay. Um, now the more has a new question, though. All right, so we're saying the runaway, the reason he doesn't get is because he, he ran away and he uh, didn't really do the job. But the more has a different question. Doesn't he have to finish? When you catch him, doesn't he have to finish what he ran away from? And then in the end, won't he get a gift when you send him away then? <laughs> He's an old runaway. He's a runaway that's been caught. In other words, I mean, how, of course you can't give him a gift. He ran away. But our question is, if he sends you his address, oh, by the way, I ran away. Now send me my final gift. <laughs> no, no. But if you come back and work it off, won't he get the gift then? That's the question now. 
Boreach Hashlama boy the Tanya. He has to finish working. How do you know you get a runaway slave that he's obli- now he's going to show up ten years later and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that happened, but he's got to pay you back. As we turn to today's page, uh, that he is obligated to pay back. So the more of the pauses though. What about if he's sick for part of that time? I would have said a few luchola. The bottom line is he didn't show up to work. That no, if he's sick uh, and he doesn't isn't able to work all six years because he's on disability or whatever, then he it, that, that's okay. Um, so uh, getting back to our question, which is why don't you got to pay the runaway? The runaway that you catch is going to end up fit, f- doing a full term, and then you'll give him the gift. So what case is it? That the runaway doesn't do the full term. Does the sick person have to make up those days to complete his? We're going to talk about it a little more. Oh, okay. okay. And that was how, how much time does he miss? Is going right, to be the question, right? right. And that, then you got to give him a gift on top of that. That's oh, really the. Right. So. Uh, I call that something. Remember Stein? Yes. Did you say that the runaway has to, clock starts all over again from the beginning, or he just picks up from where he left? Oh, just picks up from where he left. That was my assumption. Um, I, did, I, I didn't really address that or mean to address it, but my assumption was he picks off from where he left. Hashlama means like to complete what he was required. So the bottom line is, our question is, so what do we mean the runaway you don't pay? If you catch the runaway, you're going to put him back to work. So Amar of says, our case is, he ran away, and wouldn't you know, he was a smart runaway. He ran. They have these kind of crooks. They're, they're crooks that figure out how to do it legally or, or that you can't prosecute. Um, they have these kids that break into cars and they get the 17-year-old to be the one that does it. This way, if he gets caught, he won't face jail time, right? It's the, the runaways that try to uh, work around the law. So uh, this ran away. He ran away before the Jubilee. And so when he gets caught, he announces, oh, I'm here. And, he, well, you can't put me back to work, Jubilee. So I would have said, well, you can't work. It's the Jubilee. Below Nikta say maybe he doesn't get the penalty. Kamash Balan, uh, but not, not only doesn't he get the penalty, maybe you got to give him a gift. Kamash Balan that you don't. Um, you, don't both, you don't give a penalty and you don't have to give a gift? Uh, well, he would have gotten the... Um, he gets the penalty and he doesn't get the gift. Both. Okay, <laughs> both. Basically, it's going to come out, he's going to have to work it off, even though it's right. Jubilee. Everybody else is, is free, but he, he ran away. He's going to have to finish. That's, that's the... Uh, Omar Mahat. So one of the things we mentioned before was afilu sick. Um, so then the more is the question. I think this is what's bothering Michael. What if he's sick the whole time? Kolshesh. <laughs> Show up to work. And, well, I have a bad back and I do this. I can't do that. So Vatanya, didn't we learn? Let's say he was sick for three years and he worked three years. Then Enukai, he doesn't have to complete. If he did at least half, then he's good. But if he's sick the whole time, then he for sure has to, has to still work. He said that when it says that he's sick and he doesn't work, it means that he doesn't do the backbreaking labor, but he still has to do the needlework. In other words, if he's too sick to, to, uh, he's got to, to do the heavy labor, he's still going to have to do the other labor. That's what they make you do at home for his comp claim. Yeah. Can't, like, I had that one time years and years ago. He wasn't able to do 
use a shovel. Uh -huh. So I had to bring him inside the office and just make Give him stuff to do. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what the first thing. That's my samakad. Okay. And so, okay, there he's just. So a goof of but the more just wants to come up. What's the formula here? The, the wording is confusing. He said as long as he did half. Then he doesn't got to complete it. But ha-arba. But if he misses four years, if he missed sick for, for four years, it's only if he did at least three that he's exempt. But if he did, if he, it's only if he missed three years. But if he missed four years, that implied he'd have to go back to complete it. If he's sick the whole time, then he's got to do it. But if he's only sick for four, so what's the formula? So this is what it means to say. Really, if he misses anything more than half, he has to finish. If he missed four years, it's like he missed the whole thing. If he's sick four out of six years, so he didn't work his six years, then he's going to have to go back to work to complete it even after the, the jubilee. So does he have to do one year or four years? Oh, that's does a good point. Credit for three years. Right, right. I don't know. I guess your question is: once we got to put him back to work because he didn't finish, can he just put, do enough that it's considered he did most of his job? Or once we put him back to work, he's got to finish the six? I would say he has to finish the six, but I don't have a proof to it. What are you no, thinking? I, right. I, I would say he would just have to do that one year. I see. Okay. I, what was that, Pete? Okay. Uh -huh. So we we have opinions. Credit. Everybody thinks he gets credit for what he did work. Right. Right. But see, had he worked half, we wouldn't have put it back to work. But now we're telling him you didn't work enough. You're going to have to work. So he says, okay, I'll work it up to three. No, no, no. Once you have to work, that's what that's that's our discussion. Does he have to work the just the? Yeah. Does he just have to do at least half? Or once he didn't meet the criteria, we, we make him complete his whole six. Uh, that, so I'll have to research that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know the answer either, but the language is v'chayiv l'hashlam, that he has to make it complete. So that sounds like it's a, it's a knas, that they're saying, okay, you have to work the whole six years. Had he been smart enough to just, you know, work at least half, then he yeah. would have been... Uh, that would have been scheming. Right, you know, that would be scheming, right, you right, that's right. You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. <laughs> very good, very good. Okay. Now we get to figure, how much money does he get? So he gets five silver coins worth of every kind of, uh, of produce that this farmer has. Shane Chamesh Esrei Sloim, which is really like, uh, he had the three different types mentioned in the verses, so it's going to be 15 silver coins. Rabbi Yudha says, no, he says, Shloshim. He gets 30 silver coins. That's the penalty of a servant who gets gored. Kishloshim Shalevit. So that tells you what, what's like a, a decent value. Yeah, Rav Shimon says Chamishim. He gets big bucks. He gets 50. Chamishim Shebe'erchen. The value of a person. If you donate a person's value, it's 50, so he gets that. So a three-way machlokus. Is he getting uh, the 15, the 30, or the 50? We said it's five from each. Which is uh, uh, five from three is fifteen. Why do we need to give you a number? I mean, uh, we can count. So uh, You can't give him less. Because if you give him less, well, basically, if you're short on one, from this one, um, when, why did Rameer give us a number? If you've got to give five and there's three crops, of course it's 15. 
So we're coming to tell you that you're really not supposed to short him on anyone. The e botzele, and if for whatever reason there's not enough from one, the tafule mechad mona lesliba. Then you can add a little from the other. He's the only one that's associated with uh, getting on your feet in, in a yeah. this kind of a way. The other two are just down. Random, right? That's line right. Line. This almost is like each thing that he worked, he's getting right, from it. Right. So my time in Rameir, and what, what's the reason of Rameir? Yalif reikom reikom ibachor. We learn out from the firstborn. It says, don't, uh, by leave the, the word empty, it uses that by bachor. And just like over there, we all, all the Kohanim know, the firstborn, you get five silver coins. Afkan, here also chamishlein. Um, so the Morris says, well, maybe it's five from everything. How do you know five from each type? But you can see, reikom libasof, if it said, don't let him go empty at the end, I would agree. But it writes it, Reikam Beresha, at the first time, Shadi Reikam Atzon, don't let him go empty from the flocks. Reikam Agorin, empty from the, the granary. Reikam Ayakov. So basically, he built these things up. He was your servant all these years, and he worked, built up your flocks, he built up your oil, he built up your... So it makes sense that you would give him from these things that he worked on. So Lamaris said, well, why don't we learn if we're talking about, because the Torah says, don't leave him empty. The Torah also says, don't show up to the temple empty. It says over there, what's empty? So Omar Kra, and that's not so much, by the way, the Corbin that you could bring, you could bring a cheap sheep, you know, you could bring a small offering over there. It doesn't, um, I think Rashi says, how much was the uh, Olas Ria? Um, uh, I saw it somewhere. I think it's like two... It's, it's, not a, it's not such a big amount, that, the korban that you have to bring. Um, so, Omar Kra, Asher Berecha, Hashem Elokecha. He says that if you've been blessed, you have to pay him back. So, it's true, there is an empty-handed, which is a smaller amount, but it says, according to the blessing that Hashem gave you, which would tell you, learn out from the crops and the growth that you've had, rather than from the minimum when a person comes to the base of English. Rabbi Yudah says, Shloshim Kishloshim Shloshim my time, where did he get that from? To Rabbi Yudah, Yav Nesin Nesin Me'evid. We learn out the gifting. Ma'ilah, just like over there, it's 30, Afkan Shloshim. Ah, why don't we learn from Erechan and it's more? Ma, just like over there, it's 50, Afkan Chamishim. So, two reasons. Number one, Tavas the Meruba Lo famous rule. You know, you can't jump to the top. I mean, uh, we're trying to, to, we're obligating the master to pay. And so, in two places, you find the value of a servant. You find the the 30 uh, by the, the servant, and you find the 50 by Erechen. So first of all, we have no right to assume the, the highest amount. Tvastam Ruba, you grab too much, you end up with nothing. And number two, Tvastam you go with the smaller amount. But oh, Evan, Evan, it makes sense to learn how to servant from a servant. The donation of the value of a man isn't just a servant. Rav Shimon says, no, Chamishim, you do go with the higher amount, like the 50 of the donation. My time, what's his reason? Gamer Nisina Nisina, we learn out from the... the, the Value of a man, just like over there, it's fifty afkan kamishin. The ema maybe. How do you know that a servant is worth the top notch? It talks. There's different age brackets. Like an old servant should get less. The ema maybe it's the cheapest one. No, it mentions this idea that you give according to blessing, which is the the higher amount. Learn now from there. It also mentions giving, and over there it's thirty afkan shloshim. So first of all, tvas, and why is that a better argument? The arguments that we brought before, you can't assume the highest amount. And it makes more sense to learn from a slave. So, the, so in other words, the previous opinion explained himself so well, that was, um, that was Rabbi Huda. 
why we should learn that, that it's 30. It's, it, it, you're hard-pressed to understand why Rabbi Yehuda got to, uh, Rabbi Shimon got to 50. Uh, wh- how is he going to answer that? The answer is, me v'koi koi gamar. He says there's a different reason to learn. In both places, it uses the word ko like this. So fine, we have all three opinions standing up to a little scrutiny here. So again, we've got the, the five silver coins uh, from each type that he worked with. We've got the 30, and then we've got the 50. So Bishlam Rameir, like Rav Meir, who says from each type, that's why in that verse, it mentions each type. What do they do with that? They, we use it to the I would have thought that when you pay him, what currency do you give him? So maybe if you're a farmer, you only have to give him what you got a lot of. You could give him from the crops. How do I know you can give him anything you want of value? Aye, then why does it say, You have to give him these things that are in the category of being blessed. Things that will grow and expand those you give from. In other words, things that you have that over time will grow, so you give the servant too because over time they've expanded, so that's reasonable for you to give that as a, as a bonus. But cash, you don't have to give cash to your shimon. You know, to have to give away your money, it's one thing if you're a farmer, like, you know, you, you, you give them a little of your, your crop. Rebbe Lozer says, you don't have to give mules. Mules are, are something, um, basically, we're going to see cash you can invest and grow it. But uh, you don't have to give those things that you created on the farm to help in the farming, like your mules. Uh, we're going to see, um, the reason is, is that mules don't, uh, don't procreate. For Rev Shimon, how does he know? That part is Meshapkin Gufayo. He says that they do get better. Apparently, they get stronger with age. They, they can carry bigger loads. For those of Yaakov, why doesn't he learn Mamanik? Safim Abu Iska. Money grows too. You could, uh, you could put it out there and get, uh, do business with it. Visricha. And you need all, all of these. Uh, uh, why do you need more than one type? If the Torah said only pay him in sheep, I would think that you've got to give him a tip. Uh, 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 pay him a severance with live animals. But you can't give him produce. And that's why it had to say the, the thresher. Because of Gorin, if it only wrote produce, you, you can't give him animals. Why does it mention the grapes? Uh, the one opinion is to, we turn the page, to exclude cash. You're not required to, you can't give him cash. To exclude mules. The question is, that you've been blessed, and Hashem, I don't know through the work of the servant or not, but therefore you give him from the blessing. But you're also giving him something that could, could become greater over time. But you're not, you don't give him something that's going to be stagnant. You give him something that you've been uh, blessed with as well. It's an interesting concept. Um, our I would have thought it makes a lot of sense that if you've done well, then he does well. What if you didn't do well? And what if he didn't do a good job? So I would have said, no bonus. So I guess that's what tells you not to call it a bonus. You call it severance. A bonus means if everything goes good. So, what? It's tied to performance. It's tied to performance. 
but if severance isn't uh, the the manika even if you don't if you didn't do better you got to give him the 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 present. I why does it say asher beirachacha according to the blessing that tells you hakol lefi bracha telo the more that you do you also associate it with how well you did. He says no. If you did well, then you give him a gift. If you didn't do well, then you don't have to give him a gift. Ah, why does it say Hanuk That's how people speak. So we see this severance package, there are multiple opinions on how, what exactly is it tied to? Does it, is it tied to performance? Is it tied to the blessing that Hashem gave you? It's, it's interesting. Uh, the concept is sometimes you might not have done well in this part of the business, but over time, you, you could get, you do well in another part of the business. And he's all part of the, of the business, so maybe it's not, it shouldn't be tied specifically to what he does. We didn't really deal with if, whether he was lazy or not. We're just assuming he did what he was told. That's kind of, uh, obviously, if he, you know, didn't do a good job, that might be different. Then Rabban and Rabbi Zun. What, are, what were pardos? What were pardos? Mules. I, I think they're called mules. Right, mules. Mules, okay. That's the species that's a mixed breed that won't produce little baby. They're sterile. They're sterile, yeah. Exactly right. um, that's a horse and a donkey. Yep. Oh, okay. Isn't there, a, isn't there an issue of, uh, for a Jew to mix the breeds that we're really not supposed to do that? Yeah, he'd have to buy them from the non-Jew who would do that. Uh, but you're allowed to buy them once they do that. There's, there's a discussion about it. Uh, but w- as far as we're, our question is, do you have to give him something that potentially could multiply or that you saw bracha in? Um, and so you see blessing from Hashem in it, and he worked for you, so he should uh, get that. Uh, but those things that you didn't see a blessing in because by nature they're not going to expand, uh, you're not obligated to give him. And so these mules, you'll never get any baby mules out of them. Uh, or maybe they get stronger over time and they can pull bigger loads. Or, or the money also, that's part of the question. Okay, we're at the two dots. So uh, we're not going to, we're finished the discussion about the severance or the gift that's given. Now we're talking about what happens if the job changes. So he works for the son. Um, if, the, if the master dies, uh, and he, uh, the estate goes to the son, the servant has to continue work for the son, but he doesn't have to work for the daughter um, if he didn't have a son. Ken doesn't, uh, uh, a female servant, she only has to work for the original, but none of the kids. And we said the purpose of the female servant was really to marry the master, not to work for the guy's kids. Anirza, if the guy is a uh, signed up for a life term, or the case where he's sold to a non-Jew, he doesn't have to work for the next generation. The Nirza volunteered, but he didn't volunteer to work for the kid. The non-Jew, apparently that's the, the law of the land, that it doesn't, um, that you could, the way the law was set up, it's only that generation, if the guy dies, he doesn't have to work for the kids. Where do we get this from? So the Tanarabana. Now we'll go to the sources. Vavda Sheshanim, it says you will work for him six years. Uh Yorish, him and not his kid. Atta Omar Lachvalo Yorish, him and not his kid. Oeno El Lachvalo Leben. Maybe um it means him 
uh, and not his kid, but uh, maybe another an heir, you, you would have to. That's for the son. It's for him. Basically, there, there's two scenarios. If he has a son, the son takes over. If he doesn't have a son, it goes to his brothers. So there's two, the servant, the question is, does the servant have to work for the kid or does the servant have to work for the brothers? So we're saying that if, if his direct son takes over the business, he has to work for the son. If it goes to distant heirs, to the brothers, then he doesn't have to work for them. So the Morris says, My Royce Lerabus Ben How do we know to do that? Why would we include the son and exclude the brothers? The Gemara says, Mar Benisa Ben Shekain Tan Tachas We find, let's say, if the father, um, the rule is when the, you take a maidservant, you can uh, marry her and you don't need to give her a new wedding ring. You can use the money that you originally per, uh, purchased from the, uh, gave to the father as the down payment for the wedding ring to wed her. And so that, that's called yiyod. That can be done by the master or the son. But basically what we're seeing is, is that when you sell a servant to the household, I mean, when you think about it, he has to work for the son. If, if the son who's home t- puts the slaves to work, he's in charge of the father's business. So it makes sense that he works for the father and the son because the son is in the business too. He's, he, and he replaces the father. Uh, he can even marry the maidservant. Ula so therefore, it, uh, it would make more sense that the son is like the immediate takeover. Because when you work for the dad, you're working for the son also. So Mar says, Marvi and Ach. But what about the brother? If he dies, the brother's stepping into his shoes. Mar says, He only stepped into his shoes if there's no kid. The brother is only a replacement if the guy didn't have a kid. The kid is the ideal replacement. If there would be a son, there's no yibam. It's because you have that question. If you hadn't said that, I would have said the, the brother is a better heir. Uh, well, you've got two reasons and one reason. So the Mora said, The reason that, that inheritance goes uh, to the son also is for this reason. The reason the brother is in the picture is only because there's no son. So then we said, so there's a difference though uh, as far as the servant who does have to work for the son and the female servant who doesn't. We said, So it's interesting, even though the son could marry her, she doesn't have to work for the son. Where do you know this from? It says, do the same thing for your maidservant. It compares the maidservant to the lifer who gets his ear pierced. Just like he doesn't have to work for the next generation. She also doesn't have to. So are you telling me that that's the way to darshan it? Don't we need that for a different drasha? And again, this has been one of the concepts that we're seeing a lot, that drushas are nice, but only when it's extra. But if it's already used for something, there's no room to make an additional drasha. So is this used for that? Don't we need it for the following alakha? It's telling you that she also gets a gift, even though she's young. She's a young maid. She's not doing heavy labor one thing if the guy works in the field and he's producing and you give him some of that. 
But it says, Even your female maid that did the babysitting, you got to give her also. Doesn't mean that you, she also gets the good. Or maybe it means that you could pierce her ear too and she can sign up for a life term. No, that's already excluded that she can't be a lifer. Why does it say, do it for your servant? It's coming to tell you to give the gift. So so our question is, it's not extra to tell you that she doesn't have to work for the next generation. You needed to tell you that she also gets the severance. My ta'asa, there's an extra word there. You can learn out both halachas. Uh, it's interesting. I, I would say the reason is very simple, that she can't sign up for a lifetime term. What, what if she loves it there? Because she needs to get married and have a family. Like it's, we don't give her that option to you know, just stay a maid forever. Like that's not a, if a servant, he has a kids, he has a family, and so he wants to work for this boss, okay, you know, that's, he can sign up for a lifetime. But I, I, I'm just throwing that in. I, I, I might be wrong. But it's just interesting that that's the halacha. We don't let her sign up for, uh, to get her ear pierced. Sounds funny because you always think women would like their ear pierced. It's the man, uh, the men's <laughs> servant who gets. It, it is. That's true as well. I don't know that it looks nice. Right, but our question is, what if she loves it there? And she says, well, I, you know, why doesn't she get the same benefit that the son, if he likes it there, could stay? So, but the Pusik said not. That's what we just showed. So I was just trying to guess what the reason would be. Okay. So then the Lord said, Nirza Dixiv, um, how do you know that the male servant that, that got the ear pierced doesn't have to work for the next generation? I'm not sure if he doesn't have to or we don't even let him, but okay. I can't imagine if he wants to, he couldn't donate his services. But uh, he's not required. He has to work for this boss forever. Not the next generation. How do you know if he's sold to a non-Jew that he doesn't? We try to figure out uh, to, to get buy him free for time served, but you don't have to deal with the heirs. That's only with the original. He says, really, why wouldn't he have to work for the next generation? Just like if he sold to a Jew, he works for the next generation. So why if he sold to a Goy, he wouldn't have to work for the next, the son of the Goy? So now the Gemara is on the question... Uh, does a non, the son of a non-Jew inherit his father? The non-Jews have inheritance. So he says they do. He says, inherits his dad. It says that you wouldn't deal with the heirs. It's a special rule that the slave isn't passed on, but you see that he has heirs. So what about if a person converts? Does he inherit his dad, the Shegetz? He inherits his parents. Uh, it's a rabbinic law. Where do we see that? Tatnan. Then the reason really is that he's no longer related to us. He's a, a totally a, a totally new person. So if he's a new person, he's no longer the, the son. But the rabbis did allow him to inherit, even though he's a new person. Where do we see this? Let's say he and his brother, the non-Jew, inherit their father, the idolater. So the, now, the idolaters, they had, the idols were worth a lot of money. 
they were made out of gold and silver. So guess what? Uh, he can tell his brother, the pagan, you know what? You, I, I'm going to be a sport. I'll let you take all those gold and silver idols, and I'll take the money. Uh, so you can take all that tray for wine. I'll take the fruits. The question is, Normally, you're not allowed to benefit from the wine used for the idol, uh, the or the wine used for the idols, or from the idols themselves. But over here, he's benefiting because when he divides the estate, he conveniently gives his non-Jewish relatives the pagan stuff, and he takes opposite value from them. Misha, now, as long as he does that ahead of time, he's good. Misha bought the Rishus gear. Once it's already there, it's us. Viso de Raisa and if Minatora. It, he really inherits kilo even before he gets it. It's as if he gets it. If he were to take it, that's something in exchange for an idol, and you're not allowed to t- exchange something for an idol. If you get an idol, you can't exchange it out. There are shilas of people like they go on digs and they find old idols. Can you? In some cases, the idols were decommissioned, and so maybe it's not so bad. But in theory, if you got an idol, you can't say, "Well, um, you know, you take the idol and I'll take the cup," you know, or "I'll take the uh, the the." So Ella really, once he's Jewish, a, a convert that converts is a new person. So then, why does he inherit his his dad, the idolater? It's a rabbinic decree. Because maybe he, he'll get so upset that he's losing out that he converted that he might go back. You're not supposed to test people. So you know, he's, he had this wealthy dad and all his non-Jewish relatives who are you know, good for nothing, they're, they're going to get all that money and he, the one that converted to Judaism, is going to lose it. So he's, he might just frustrate him and so therefore they instituted that he would get this. That's if he inherits it. But if he's a partner with a goy, he can't divide, you take the idols and I'll take the non-idols. Uh, next. Over and now, if a non-Jew inherits a gear, or a gear inherits a gear, ain't sofer. That that's uh, they really minadin. They don't inherit each other. Tanan loiva most minagir shinisgairu bonavimo. Let's say a gear converts and his kids convert, and you borrow from the dad, and the dad dies. You don't have to give to the kids because they're technically not his kids anymore. The im hixir, and if you did ain't ruchachamine, the sages aren't even happy with you because you're not required to do that. Um, Rashi, why would the sages be unhappy with you? Last Rashi on the page. We're not going to say you did a good thing. You didn't need to. You don't need to give the kids the money because the kids also are new people if they converted. Uh, so now it sounds like it is an argument whether you should give the kids or not give the kids. So the Gemara said it's not a difficulty. Uh, it depends on whether the kids uh, were partially Jewish. If they, if they were born as Goyim, then they're not con- even if they converted later, they're not connected to their dad. But if, what happens if the mother was pregnant when they were non-Jewish and they were born after they were Jewish, then the kids do get. Um, they would be Jewish, though, right? Then they'd be Jewish, right. right. So we, we jumbled into this question about, because the, um, we said that non-Jews, even in the land of Israel, their kids don't inherit the servants, 
we stumbled into this question how the laws of inheritance would work. Now, by the way, there were many non-Jews that didn't worship idols that lived in the land of Israel. And we welcomed them, the, the Noachites or whatever. The, uh, and we would give them the treif. If the animal was treif, they got the, you know, that's the, there was this class of people. And so that you need to know if you, a non-Jew, and you, how did the inheritance laws work? How did they go to the sun? And a lot of the kids would convert if they were living, you know, once they were there, some of them would go all the way. Okay, have a great day, everybody. Be well. What's that group that they allow the... Um...